0: Thank you.
1: Were you about to rec- count down? I thought you, said no, you were no, going to no, count down. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to record <laughs> yourself counting down, and that was going to be in your like kind of dubstep intro sequence. Like ten, yeah. Oh, nine. yeah. <laughs> we're not that cool.
2: huge build up to the bass drop. Well, listener, if that um, if we kept that in, then you have been introduced to our guest today. Today we have a guest as we discuss. Um, a very popular billion-dollar-making movie.
3: <laughs> uh, that doesn't narrow it down these days. No. No. <laughs>
2: yeah, that should. There's one every month. <laughs> this is the movie that made a billion dollars this week. And it cost
1: <laughs> one trillion dollars to make.
2: So today we have a guest, um, a friend of ours, a friend of Sean and mine, um, someone we've known for at least a year and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: It's been about that long, yeah. <laughs>
2: no, today we have um we have a guest and listener. If you're astute, you've heard us reference this guest in some ways. Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, he's not astute. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: doesn't
1: listen to the show. That, that was mean. <laughs> I don't know why I said I thought that. We we're just video chatting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is our our guest and friend named Adam, and Adam is a librarian, which is um relevant because. Uh, many times you'll hear Sean and I reference an idea of Adam's in particular, or at least when I think about it, Adam was very instrumental in helping us realize how sexist the movie Jurassic World was. Oh, oh
3: yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Jurassic World hates women. Yes. <laughs> but t- <laughs> the T-Rex likes women. Cause the T-Rex did,
1: does? Didn't Didn't he, like, come in at the end and, like gave like a
3: maybe i'm totally making this up <laughs> basically like bowed to right her. exactly like yeah my lady yeah, kind
1: like winked <laughs> right i will follow you bryce like, dallas
3: wow
2: yeah.
1: i'm impressed that you ran like sprinted from me in those
3: high-heeled shoes yeah, yeah you, you ran faster by respect <laughs> <laughs> this is a, indominus rex though is just a jerk right Let's he was it. a sexist pig. Yeah. But then the irony is that the most sexist dinosaur of all, which was the giant whale thing that ate the British lady... Ended up killing the Indominus right, Rex. Yeah. Right. So sexism killed sexism. Oh, my God. Wow. Actually, wow. I
1: think the pterodactyls were more sexist because they were like they picking were t- her apart and the whale <laughs> just finished her, her off. <laughs> and, like and, maybe as, mercifully. And, and took merciful. down some of the
3: pterodactyls while he <laughs> yeah. was at it.
1: The whale actually jumped in and it was actually the CGI director who wrote that in because he realized the screenwriter was so sexist by having this <laughs> five minute sequence of just terrorizing this woman. Like, OK, I'm going to edit a whale in here. <laughs> <laughs> that takes this woman out. because this there was is a whale right. dinosaur, right? <laughs> the screenwriter was like,
3: oh, then we can continue to be her on
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's because a lot of movies these days are written by uh, 15-year-old boys in Hollywood, mm-hmm. I think.
3: Uh-huh.
2: However... Um, I wonder if that will be our conclusion at the end of this episode, because we are talking about Rogue One. (laughs) Written by
3: 15-year-old boys or not? (laughs) It's the true question that we're investigating. (laughs) Rogue One, a baffling film, one might say. Why does it exist at all?
1: that's a great question they even yeah. ask that question in the movie i think
2: why does this Do why did we make this movie Jin urso right well I, I i was
1: why are we filming right now <laughs> when i was reading things about this movie i saw like most of the the haters were hating on this movie because they were saying it doesn't need to exist which is like the weakest criticism <laughs> like
0: isn't that
3: true of everything does anything
0: need to exist <laughs> <Does it laughs> <laughs> (laughs)
3: There's so much to that question.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're making such a vast philosophical argument.
3: (laughs) You could say that yeah, about pretty much every movie that comes out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why does the Avengers need to exist? No, Titanic needed... That was necessary. That's <laughs> that, true. We needed yeah. closure. Yeah. Titanic needed to exist. Fight Club needed to exist. Mm-hmm. Operation Dumbo Chop. Needed to exist. Yeah, needed to exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: but this movie, according to those haters, did not need to exist. Right. Yeah. I think those are the people who like are like really, really into Star Wars and hey, really be into a movie series as much as you want or a show series. I think uh, movies and shows do give us a great like mythology and like a a way of understanding like truth or something like that. But like recently in the newest Star Wars trailer, apparently you can see um, Luke Skywalker wearing a necklace that has like a red dot in it. And all these people are like, is that Darth Vader's final Kyber crystal from his lightsaber? Oh. Like, Oof. do we really, like, need to have such intense nerds? To- <laughs> uh- <laughs> Actually, <laughs> they need to exist.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right. Once you start asking that question, that's a really uh, quick road to genocide. <laughs> Does this need to exist?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you're just getting an uncharted territory. Right. But I think, I, I, accept, I like intense nerds. That's why I kind of like the Star Wars fandom, even mm-hmm. though I'm not, I, I don't. I don't really know how I feel about Star Wars at large. Part of me says Star Wars is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I also get goosebumps whenever I hear that, <laughs> like that TIE fighter. Oh, oh yeah. really? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I get but, goosebumps anytime I see scrolling text. Right. Mm. Which this movie did not have. I know. And that's, yeah. I think the first time I watched it, listener, I really hated it. And <laughs> I left thinking, why does this movie exist? <laughs> this movie doesn't have to exist. And that was probably the extent of my argument. I felt like... <laughs> Like I'd been duped. And I think the first time I was watching it that I didn't like it was when it set it up like it was gonna have scrolling text. You know, uh, it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and like the same way every other movie has looked. I'm like, okay, how are they gonna do the scrolling text? And then they just do this rapid cut and go <laughs> It's like a loud noise and like a spaceship. Right. Like, well, Whoa, we're we're in not it. doing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, ready.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you haven't prepared me. I haven't like entered into this movie,
3: right? And then they, when they finally they have this intro part, which is to me basically a recreation of the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, except in outer space. You're very right. <laughs> Wait, remind me what what I don't even remember how like, the movie began. Basically. <laughs> uh,
2: Colonel Hans Landa shows
3: up oh. like at the, oh, at the my family god. Yeah, He's Trying right. to hide realities right, but needs is... something from this guy. Oh my god, this is you are so right. <laughs> and then oh, the girl gets away. So. <laughs> oh, oh, in her so. <laughs> <laughs> and then the title comes up and it's you know, Rogue One. And this is the second thing that pissed me off was that <laughs> then the score comes in and it's like dun dun the same first two notes as John Williams' score. And so my uh, heart bursts with excitement that I'm about to get the da 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 da, and then it just goes da 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 da. Like, oh, it's not John Williams anymore. We changed it. We made you think it was the same for two notes. And I was like, fuck you, John Williams, sucks.
1: You sell out, John old.
2: Williams. What a sellout. That's awesome. I'm I'm so glad that you bring that up, Sean, because I do think like. Making those distinct differences. Mm-hmm. Cause I, like, I don't know the Star Wars, um, kind of universe as well as, as other people. And, uh, you know, like, sorry if I did offend, like, super nerds. Like, I think they, like, keep us on our toes in a, in a good way. S- since they're all listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, us, like, not uh, nerds. Like uh, us really. mediocre nerds. <laughs> us cool people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but like i I appreciated that those like different steps that it took because I didn't really know exactly the plot of this movie beforehand, mm-hmm. and then, as it like became revealed, I realized how how it's not like you know the episodes one, two, and three or not like the new you know seven eight, et cetera that they're making it's like oh it's a it's a totally divergent storyline, and um anyway, I just like with that in the background I, I was able to watch the movie with like a certain sense of like oh okay, they're they really actually had to create something new here, so let's see mm-hmm. how they did it. They couldn't just be like, "Oh, we know you loved Star Wars Episode Four, so we're gonna remake it."
3: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> point of contention here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> see, the haters from Episode Four—they all just said that. <laughs> it's just—it's just. It's just it's, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, the haters of Episode Seven. Yeah, exactly. John Boyega oh. mm-hmm, was not in Rogue One. Therefore, it wasn't good,
1: <laughs> right? That's true. That's the rule. I think that should yes. be actually the verdict that we come to is not was this movie written by a fifteen-year-old boy? <laughs> we know it wasn't, but uh, the verdict should be: should this movie be totally destroyed?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it should be. Should we destroy this? Yeah. Should we destroy? <laughs> <death> <laughs> yeah, <we>
2: <laughs> so I think um, probably um, again, you know, listener, if you're listening to this, you you have conceded that there are going to be spoilers and. Before the episode started, we wondered if anyone listens to any of our episodes, and we concluded no. But then we wondered if anyone did, <laughs> would they ever take the chance of listening to an episode about a movie they hadn't seen? And we thought, well, clearly they have to assume there are spoilers. Anyway, there are, and I think maybe it'd be a good idea if we go OG on this and give a quick like five minute rundown of the plot. That sound sound good with everyone? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As Adam, hard as that
1: task is, ex- I think yes. it's so hard. Very to hard. recount the plot of any Star Wars movie.
3: Well, except for episode four and seven, since they're the same, right? <laughs> no, they're still hard,
2: but you only have to do it once for both of them. Oh,
3: that's true. <laughs> just change the names. Just
1: edit the names over the There's The plot of
3: Rogue One It's just one sentence from episode four. <laughs> we got the Death Star plans. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: I was thinking that about, because I was really trying to question, do I like Star Wars? I mean, I I need to stop. Being so complicated about it, I definitely do, even though I guess it's not my favorite sci-fi or fantasy story. And part of it is because episodes four through six, I could not tell you the plot of those movies, even though I've seen them so many times. The plots are complicated.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're going to get some joy out of that, Adam, because it's your turn. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. You have the task Special of, guest treat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably the worst person to do that to because I actually... One of my criticisms of this movie is I don't know. It's not a criticism of myself. It's of the movie. I don't know a single character's name.
2: <laughs> That's good, though. That gives us something to play with and okay. certainly questions to ask about That's true. if we can't know their names, should the movie even exist? Oh,
1: right. <laughs> God. We are being like movie eugenics. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we will now determine what movies are a race. <laughs> That's
1: way less, like, controversial.
3: <laughs> but eugenics, I mean, I think definitely a theme of the Star Wars mm. universe. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's, well, there is, like, that is a criticism of the episodes oh, yeah. one through three that I agree with, which is there's a lot of racist undertones and subtext, I oh, think, yeah. to episodes one through three that yes. I totally yeah, they're they're there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I can't help
2: but think that it was all George Lucas. Right. I, I agree. Well, yeah. yeah. Make, Those him, trilogy- make
1: him like this. <laughs> the banking plan will oh, yeah. sign your treaty. <laughs> like, that was so anti-Semitic. <laughs> that general,
2: that general who has a very thick like
1: eastern asian accent or something like that Uh right well right all the villains have these like oh yeah eastern european accents and (laughs) there was and jar jar binks is like (coughs) just yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way that sentence
1: could logically end (laughs) okay so the plot of this movie (laughs) um the first 20 minutes are extremely confusing (laughs) so let me try to weed through them so Like you said, Sean, it opens sort of in glorious bastard style. We have this, um, person from the empire land on this planet and he is searching for this family. And we watch the family as they send the, the husband sends the wife and the daughter into hiding. And then we see this confrontation between this person from the empire and this guy who who is who is this actor he's like a Swedish actor Mads right?
3: Mikkelsen or something like yeah, that that's yeah that's it yeah, yeah the it? guy that plays Hannibal Lecter in the TV show oh, oh yeah you're right yeah mm-hmm. oh, I recognize him So bad guy in Casino Royale oh yeah. really okay. that's right Mr. Bond it's causing you to perspire my poker hand is better <laughs> Is that, that's not a real line, is it? <laughs> Just know there's a poker scene, and I think he had the better head. <laughs>
2: my poker head bad. That movie came out right when everyone was getting into Texas Hold'em, and they yeah. totally rode that train. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so true. My poker head
1: Ad infinitum.
3: Adam.
1: I like my burn card. Shh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> um, so, anyways. Basically, this guy from the Empire who does anybody remember his name? He's a big character.
3: Oh wait, you mean the we're still talking about Hannibal Lecter? He, of, no, the, the overacting. Guy who's, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the guy with the, kind of the weird lisp. Yes. Yeah, the overacting. Yeah. The, um,
2: <laughs> Hans Landa, two point story. He's, a,
3: he's like a colonel or an admiral or something. Yeah, he's what, pretty high up there in the galactic hierarchy. What is his name? Yeah,
2: his name. His is, name is. Um, Um, I just had him. Anyway.
3: I got it. I got it. It's Orson Krennic. Krennic. Oh, yeah. God, another
1: stupid name. Star
3: Wars is, like,
1: ripe with dumb names. (laughs) Made-up languages. I don't know if the 15-year-old wrote the screenplay, but a 15-year-old invented all the languages in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But so he essentially wants Ben Mendelsohn to come back to work for the Empire to help develop this weapon. And he says no, but then uh, the wife is killed in this confrontation and the daughter goes into hiding. So the husband's basically captured. And then we fast forward like 13 years and we meet all these characters at once. And essentially the engine that's driving this movie is the fact that the Empire is developing the Death Star. So we learn that this movie sort of takes place somewhere between Episode Three and Episode Four of the Star Wars saga, and the uh, main character, Jin Orso, um, this young woman looks like she's in her twenties. She's the daughter that we saw at the beginning of this movie. Um, she is rescued by the Rebel Alliance from prison. I don't even know if we know For what why she's she just like. Bad much yeah. yeah. and she um is involved in this plot where essentially a pilot from the empire this is so confusing, yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> this is so
3: I, confusing. I had to rewind because i watched it a second time listener and I, I had to rewind it probably 20 or more times throughout my viewing of the movie just to like figure out what had happened right. in apparently a split second moment that advanced the plot.
1: <laughs> I had to do that meeting where uh Jin Orso meets Diego Luna's character, I think Cassian? Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. I just I just, just, just like that. <laughs> up. Is Andor is that like a family in Star Wars that sense of so familiar? Maybe I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. No, it Andor? does sound familiar. I'm not huh. sure why.
3: I don't know. Yeah. So,
1: but that scene where basically they described the whole conflict that the movie is going to navigate I had to rewind twice I was like who because right. everyone's name is mumbled yeah. and-
3: they they just they bring these names into it as if we should know who these people are <laughs> right. it's like it's like if you say the name Saw Gerrera really quickly and I have no idea that Forrest Whitaker is named Saw Gerrera, right, I'm yeah. going to have no idea who you're talking about <laughs> and- you should have just been like Forrest Whitaker raised you? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Maybe that could be a special feature of the DVD as they replace
1: the names with the actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> Make it much easier to understand the whole story. Yeah. But, we'll or take
3: if... you to James Earl Jones.
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> no! no! Hopefully they just take that Microsoft like office uh, dubbing voice, like, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, were, you were raised by Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Or also, if you say Saw really fast and mumble it, I um, am only thinking of the receptionist at the school where I work named Sue Carrera.
3: (laughs) That's a problem. (laughs) They should have looked into that.
1: Right. (laughs) It would have made it more comprehensible for you and anyone else who knows Sue. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially, this pilot from the Empire has defected, and he says that he has information about... This weapon that's being built, which we discover is the Death Star. It's a planet and... killer! <laughs> it's a planet oh, Cheesy. So corny. And uh, he is in the custody of uh, Sir Forrest Whitaker. Uh, he's not knighted, but he's knighted in my heart.
3: But his eye is knighted. <laughs> right. Not the rest the of The only one. lazy eye to be mm-hmm. knighted. It carries the heavy burden of the crown. That's why it <laughs> says... <laughs> Half on him, half on Tom York. Right, <laughs> one hand to have, one eye to
1: heaven, one eye to the
3: earth. <laughs> he exists between the spiritual and the temporal realms. <laughs> Wait, who's Tom York? He, he's the front man of Radiohead. Oh, <laughs> he's got a, also a very famous lazy eye. Nice. <laughs> it's it's not quite Wiccan. But <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> why has Tom York not been cast as a villain in a Star Wars movie? I feel like he Ooh, would make
3: he would. a great villain, a
1: silent schemer. <laughs> <would. stealer. laughs> you didn't even know who he was 10 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be great. He, he still got the look of
2: one. <laughs> No, i mean i've seen his picture and i know
3: radiohead
1: <laughs> do you know radiohead yeah i know them. Tom York.
3: you don't listen to radiohead what's your favorite album don't tell me okay computer
2: <laughs> no because i don't like uh that um that's uh they did bones
0: <laughs> the show <laughs>
3: They do have that song Bones. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> From the Bens. Yeah.
2: But you know, it would be funny if they, if Tom York were a villain in a Star Wars movie and then Radiohead got to do like the final score or you know how yeah, like, uh-huh. the, like in The Lord of the Rings, the final song in every movie was like, Especially written by like Enya oh, yeah. or yeah. someone like that, like uh-huh. you know, end a special Star Wars intro by Radiohead, oh, and it's like yeah. the Star Wars theme, but with a very Radiohead like spin, where it's like slow and ambient. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the way they did that for Romeo and Juliet, or the way Faith Hill did that for Armageddon.
2: Oh, Faith Hill, really? <laughs> yeah,
1: or for was Arm- it Faith Hill? <laughs>
2: oh no, it was it <laughs> was <Steven> Tyler.
3: Tyler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <whoops>. <laughs> oh, Faith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> aren't, Often they, confused. aren't they the same person um, the, um faith hill did she do it for pearl harbor i feel like the 90s oh, was all about let's have this like you're right actually they still do that never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like with a special closing a song, by song that's not in the movie it's in the credits yeah. like oh well, that's yeah. what my heart will go on is for titanic you're, oh yeah. you're right yeah so they man, found a way so to bring movies.
3: that into the score too through the movie, right? Did they? Is that song in the score? Yeah. I, th- I thought right? it was. Maybe I don't know. Then. I don't think... I don't want to challenge your Titanic knowledge. <laughs> you love or, that movie, or right? Or James
1: Horner's Legacy.
3: <laughs> Is the, he the, the score maker? The score? Yeah, <laughs> he's the score maker. I'm the score keeper. <laughs> um,
1: okay, sorry. So... Anyways, so Jin Orso. So okay. (laughs) So this pilot, who is played by Riz Ahmed, who is I feel like really—that's the actor's name. Yes. Yeah. The character
3: is named um... Togo (laughs) Baluno.
1: Close.
3: Bodhi Rook. Bodhi. Bodhi rook.
2: Bodhi. So he's cool. Yeah, he's like it. a
3: Bodhi sattva. Yeah. <laughs> right. And rook. he's a rook. He's a strategic yeah. piece. Oh, right. And like, and, oh, no, my go ahead.
1: God. You're there's right. a lot of, like, he's I've, I, that's one of the funny things about Harry Potter <laughs> is, you know, there's almost, like, a level of determinism that's in their names. Yeah, totally. You know, that, um, mm-hmm. what's an example, like...
3: Uh, severus snape <laughs> right okay so he's not gonna be a good <laughs> you're guy you're gonna go you're, salazar slytherin clearly right. has an influence on you <laughs>
1: and i guess that's even in the harry potter like mythology is like your house that you belong to is tied to some essential part of your identity like all of the mm. weasleys are gryffindors you're just born into that
3: yeah you have no choice man.
1: yeah <laughs> um it's very but, fatalistic right and is saw guerrera i mean <laughs>
3: saw very tough <laughs>
1: The the Guerrera. movie franchise and Guerrera War, yeah, yeah.
3: You're basically yeah, like a guerrilla mm-hmm. war. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> and really violent, like the Saw movies. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> but maybe you'll have a soft-spoken voice that I can barely understand, <laughs> and
1: a really dramatic use of your uh, oxygen ventilator. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, I haven't seen an oxygen ventilator used like that since Blue Velvet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs>
3: He seemed to have the same degree of satisfaction that Dennis Hopper did when he was about to commit horrifically perverted things on Isabella Rossellini (laughs) except then he just like wouldn't do anything so I guess Disney wasn't willing to go all the way no they
1: weren't (laughs) willing to go full David Lynch
3: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of you know David Lynch was originally slated to direct Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi what? yeah he was originally attached to that product but I think because Dune sucked so bad bad. Is it, it was either because Dune sucked so bad or he did Dune instead? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think wow. it might have been the latter because I think Dune came out in like 84. Um so, yeah, like, we, were, we were close to getting a Lynch Star Wars. I wow. feel like all of American history would be different if <laughs> Lynch made, if Lynch made
1: the, the Ewoks. Uh, <laughs> right. I actually, David Lynch is a little like Heidegger. I talk about him all the time. I know zero things about
3: him. Yeah. <laughs> he has very good hair. He has yeah. great hair. Yeah. yeah. He's a close friend of Laura Dern's. Oh, really? Is that true? That I'm is true. Yeah.
1: jealous of him then. What's that? I'm jealous of him. I love Laura Dern.
3: Yeah. I if someone doesn't love Laura Dern, I question their validity. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> like love it Across them. the board. <laughs> well, you question whether or not they should exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I start questioning. <laughs> um Okay, so, <laughs> so Force Whittaker plays this character named Saw Gerrera. He's basically
2: like a like a android almost because he's like half mm-hmm. like most of his limbs aren't real, right? He's basically just a torso.
3: Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah,
2: a gin torso. And <laughs> <laughs> he like, I, do you notice how the the ventilator sound was the same as the Darth Vader sound? Was it? Oh well, yeah, it was very you're right. very similar. Like when I heard it, I thought of Darth Vader, and it almost made me think like. Are we to assume that this entire cinematic universe has one type of ventilator? Or are we to assume that like Sagarera is like half good because we can see him, but he's kind of evil ish. Maybe they hint at it. Um mm-hmm. or He's, he's just, a radical. He's a radical, radical rebel. Yeah.
3: yeah. But he's as he reveals later, he's very interested in um uh, saving the dream.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that he's willing to be buried under rocks, like even though he didn't need to be. <laughs> yeah.
3: Quick, fast forward to get to this point. I mean, so Jin, played by uh, Felicity Jones, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jin is her name. That's right. So she yes. gets taken into the Rebel Alliance, led by or Diego Luna is like one of the key figures, mm-hmm. and they it. she's brought into this plot where they have to get the plans made by her, or at least connected to her father who, you know, was taken at the beginning to build the Death Star, and eventually they have to use her to get access to Saw Guerrera, who's this, like, rogue well, I won't say rogue, because he's not Rogue One No, no, <laughs> yeah, he's not the Rogue he's, One uh,
1: Ventilator One <laughs>
3: Yeah, Ventilator One <laughs> And they get to him, and he's, like, living on the planet where the Empire is, like, mining these crystals that apparently they need to use for the Death Star, which, interesting, they're also the crystals used for lightsabers. Yeah, the kyber crystals. The kyber crystals, yeah. And so they get her to meet with Saw Gerrera, who has received this message from this defected pilot who has come to deliver the message from Galen or so that apparently there's a weakness and here's where the plans are. You guys need to all get to it. And then basically right around this time, the empire decides to test out the death star and they blow up this city <laughs> where Saw Gerrera has been. Just so, nuke it. Yeah. They just nuke it essentially. So of course everyone gets away. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker Saw Gerrera just, I guess decides that his life's gone on long enough. <laughs> like, everyone <laughs> oh, right. please. And he's like, I've spent too long running! <laughs> In other words, oh, yeah. the
1: screenwriter decided his life has gone on long enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or Forrest Whitaker is like, I'll give you one month of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to kill my character off quickly. Yeah. Ventilator yeah. <laughs> 1 had a scheduling conflict. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> Panic Room 2. was no indication this guy, like, would have just given up his life. Seems like, mm. like right. he was pretty into his cause of, like, right. resisting this... this empire but, but then he, he just totally accepts that he's about to get blown up and all of a sudden like gives this very disney inspiring message yeah as parting words
0: <laughs> save the dream yeah. <laughs> Jen, it's a small world after all <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we just got a, a moment maybe they did that so that they could make people like us laugh because that was f- it was funny <laughs> like i know it's supposed to be sad but like we don't know him well enough and we haven't sympathized with him enough to like even actually care that he's dead because yeah. he's ir- like irrelevant to the rest of the plot right,
3: right. he's not mentioned after he dies <laughs> like, he, maybe this, he's mentioned once even the
1: scenes he's in seem pointless like yeah. when he is torturing um what's the pilot the, the, the pilot for no pilot, reason yeah, Bodie Rook with this Rook. octopus. He, yeah. like, tortures him, and then what happens from him He loses
2: his mind, kind of. Like, oh, like one that's... of
1: the side effects is mind loss. Is that what really he said? Because I can understand 50% of the words in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> Forrest yeah. Whitaker
3: needs to relearn how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in this movie and in Arrival, and I did not understand him in either. Oh, wow, you're right. He, he's not, his his oh, voice is, is, is going. Yeah. It's like rewatch the Crying Game, Forrest, and study how you spoke then. Yeah, <laughs> do that again, or even the Last King of Scotland.
1: He enunciated pretty well. I yeah. Thought. yeah, yeah, wow.
3: I never saw it. <laughs>
1: what do you think, Matt, about that and Tom York? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tom York would have been great in the Last King of Scotland. He would have right. been. Yeah, I was hoping for that. He's in
1: the sequel, the Second to Last King of Scotland. <laughs> Which merges that storyline with The Last Samurai. <laughs> it's in the Marvel universe. And yeah,
3: they, yeah. Yeah, they decided to make a cinematic universe out of The Last King of Scotland. Right, The
1: Last of Things.
3: <laughs> the Last of the
2: Mohicans is also in
3: that. <laughs> Yeah, the Last Jedi I heard is a new. Uh, yeah, yeah at the coming, end of it, film. just
2: uh, Daniel Day Lewis as the guy from Last time he is going to show up. Like, I hear you have a rebel problem. <laughs> He's going to be holding like a musket. I'm
3: Hawkeye.
1: That's the end. That's I'm the last. Guy. That's the last scene, and everyone in the movie theaters screaming. Like,
3: oh my god, it's Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> He's so method a method actor. Scenes. You know that. <laughs> Shit, they got Day-Lewis for the next one. <laughs> it's gotta be good.
2: <laughs> one of my favorite things on Earth is to combine movies into a cinematic universe and imagine what it would be like to have this
3: character come in at the
2: very end. end <laughs>
3: <Right. laughs> credits of Rogue One, Daniel Day-Lewis appears as Hawkeye from Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> he will
1: save us! <laughs> Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Sean, I'm impressed with how succinctly – how succinct your – plot was. That is that was a task because this movie is complicated.
3: It is, yeah. I had to really I I think I spent about three and a half hours actually watching it the second time (laughs) and all of which was spent trying to figure out what the hell was happening. Right. Yeah. And eventually it it made sense. So it was like, okay, the screenwriters at least know what's happening because one of the threads of this podcast has been with certain movies we're pretty sure the screenwriters have no fucking idea what's actually happening. Like uh-huh. Fast <laughs> Furious, Fate of the Furious and like Inferno, mm-hmm. it's like at some point it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right? It's like at least this one does make sense. Like you can apply logic to it. It moves probably way faster than a movie should and it's impossible to follow with all the stupid names, mm. but <laughs> and planets. Yeah. And all just... the stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the problems with my rapid run through was it it missed the introduction of two pretty great characters. Oh, yes. I'm excited! <laughs> Absolutely, I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. C- C3PO. <laughs> oh yeah, he is in this, isn't he? C3PO. K2. <laughs> I care or that so? New Droid. <laughs> it's like okay, in The Force Awakens, we basically made R2D2 into like a cute little puppy, and now let's make C3PO into like a strong. <laughs> um (laughs) african-american
1: oh (laughs) you you perceived k2so as african-american
3: well just because of his skin color i guess
2: (laughs) wait i i actually have no idea what you guys are talking about (laughs) the the stand-up
1: droid who's really sarcastic
2: oh that's right that guy is like yeah he's like he has. He's way more sarcastic than Tars from Interstellar.
3: Oh, way like, more. Oh like, yeah. Tars. Like his
2: his what is it? His humor level is like ninety nine percent. Like so much so that like even though he's a droid and therefore a computer and therefore all his like logical systems take place in an internal method, he like even when no one's around, he'll still make a sarcastic quip like, <laughs> oh, so they're just leaving me here." <laughs> oh, you don't need to say that because you're an your computer. <laughs> you don't externally process
3: anything. You computed that in less than a fraction of a second. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was just thinking that and it seems that there's almost two types of droid, you know. There's the R2D2 type that just like beeps and like has a funny it's quirky cute. personality mm-hmm. and it's cute. And then there's like the C3PO that speaks and is sassy. Right, <laughs> very. That's why I
1: perceived K2SO as gay. Oh, really? I, th- I thought he was uh, like a like a queen, and I, I'm saying that as a queen, <laughs> <laughs> as a wannabe gay queen. <laughs> it's
3: just because of like his sassiness?
1: Yeah, and that's a, you know I never really liked C3PO because C3PO is so like melodramatic. Yeah, I, he's pretty <laughs> annoying. He's a wuss. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not.
0: Oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, this, this is aren't not fair. Yeah, but
3: George Lucas thought him up, so of course he's gonna suck. I heard someone say that George, like
1: all of George Lucas's jokes, clearly it's like they're jokes written by someone who has no sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh,
2: yeah I don't imagine that guy to be funny at all. Right, I have yeah, no like interest ever. in
1: ever meeting him or talking with him. Jar Jar Binks is a computer's. Like attempt at being funny, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a, like a computer program was written with AI to make a joke, and it's <laughs> right. like he walks funny, he talks funny, floppy like, yeah, funny,
3: right? <laughs> the only p- funny parts about the prequels are the parts that he definitely didn't intend to be funny, which happens <laughs> to be almost the entire movie of all three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of my favorite things in American
1: pop culture is the hatred for Jar Jar Binks. People hate Jar Jar Binks. It
3: it was never any other way. Right Right when he appeared, everyone hated him.
1: And (laughs) then he gives reason to hate him in episode two. Remember because he's like cool. He not just that, but oh, oh, I think it might be episode three when he He votes for no confidence. Oh yeah, the. Whoever. I don't know what the Palpatine. ridiculous, made up parliamentary procedures of Star Wars are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Those weird right. hovering platforms. No, voted, like, he wants to vote emergency powers to who eventually becomes the emperor. It's like, yeah. thanks, Jar Jar. Yeah. Okay. You are clearly a dumbass. You ruined the galaxy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Which leads to the great conspiracy theory that Jar Jar Binks is truly a Sith Lord. Yeah. Have really? You ever, have you ever oh, heard that?
1: Yeah. I have never heard yeah, that. yeah. It's a pretty elaborate
2: I, theory. I don't know the theory, but I, my students last year would tell me about it, and I was always very intrigued. Do you know yeah. the theory, Sean?
3: No, no. Okay. I just accept that it's valid. <laughs> oh, I mean,
2: I hope that comes out in, like, episode nine. Like, that would be awesome. Like, an aged Jar Jar Binks is just, like, mowing yeah. people down. With yeah, the maybe he's savory. actually, uh,
3: um, what's, there's, like, in the new hologram big guy. Snope. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Snope. Is it it, Supreme Leader Snope or something? Yeah, yeah.
2: Which I didn't know. In episode seven, I was like, "Oh my god, that being is enormous." I didn't realize it was a hologram. Same. Yeah, it it Uh, took
3: two viewings for me to realize that. Yeah, I thought it was just a fifty-foot man. But the two characters I referenced a bit back that I breezed through are the two Chinese guys. Oh, yes. The two Chinese guys. You know, in the
2: whole Star Wars universe, we know a little bit about the Force, and Yoda teaches us about the Force, but we've never met anyone who is absolutely infatuated with the Force to, like, a
1: sexual degree almost. He's a Force fanboy. He writes Force (laughs) fanfiction.
3: And it's just the same line over and over. (laughs) I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. <laughs> it's like the scene from the shining at the end <laughs> right i was just thinking different that. forms of that. all work and no play makes churrit a chinese boy
1: <laughs> it's Chirrut, a jedi
2: <laughs> churrit is his name yeah. churrit. Chir- Chir- That's the, that name um evokes nothing. It makes me think of a churro, <laughs> which isn't necessarily a positive it thing. Nothing. It makes me think of a cricket. Chir- 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 Maybe it's Jiminy Cricket. It um, makes me think of an onomatopoeia like churrit, <laughs> <laughs> Chir- like, like the sound Chir- of a lightsaber. Oh, like, yeah. Or the sound oh, of the, um, yeah. the beams. Like this guy is He's so with the force. He's like he's fighting people way better than a Jedi with eyes and yet he's blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not a Jedi, a Jedi with like- eyes
3: and a Jedi with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He has <laughs> a yeah, wooden pole.
2: <laughs> what he, what would you consider him? Would he be like uh, I mean, he's not really a Jedi, but he's like he's like an ascetic Jedi, almost like a he'd be like a Shaolin Jedi, like an extreme like, right, he's not actually a Jedi, but he's he like, he's no. tapped into the Force in he's an extreme... He's a monk. He's a monk, okay. Yeah. So the Jedis would be, like, people who are, like, out in the streets and, like, doing stuff. He's, like, just contemplating the being of the Force. Right. I think, yeah, maybe and like,
3: he would have been a Jedi, but this is a time when the Jedi are, like, extinct. So mm-hmm. he's, like, living on the Jedi energy and, like, the Jedi oh, you're right. presence, but he doesn't have, like, the the materials of a Jedi like he, he doesn't uh, just have a lightsaber which are te- they tend to be passed down familially so he's just tapped into it on his own accord through apparently his <laughs> deep meditations right <laughs> and he's- repetition of this mantra he, if, if the force was in a Christian context,
1: he's not an apostle. Like the apostles were Jedi's and yeah. Jesus is the force. I don't know. <laughs> but, on, but he is an evangelist. He's, um, oh yeah, yeah. Mark, John. Who are the other ones? <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke and, and Matthew. Matthew <laughs> the guy who taught religion. Chris and Steve. Yeah. Oh, Gary. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, Gary and Ron. Forrest. <laughs> the forest. The nine Gospels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, but what amazes me about uh, Chirrut is like his – he's am- amazing with the force. He's like beating up people with no eyes. I mean he has no eyes. He's beating up people with real eyes. <laughs> yeah. and, but like – like, I, I, I question if he's really that good at it. Like, it's, it seems mm-hmm. like he has to, like, he is, he's like beating people up, and he's like walking slowly, which we'll get to later in the movie. But in some ways, I'm like, um, I don't know, maybe we have to get to the part I'm thinking of, and I don't want to jump the gun, jump the, uh, light beam too fast. Ooh, um, yeah,
3: not quite ready <laughs> to jump, jump into in hyperspace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With Admiral, who is that Admiral?
3: Oh, you mean like the, weird? Fishman. The fish fan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The oh. one who... It's in- a twap! <laughs> it's a twap! It's a
1: twap! <laughs> wow, that was really good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I oh. so. Oh, I accidentally... The listener is going to think that... Yeah. Uh, How did you get Admiral Fish here? The actual soundbite was edited <laughs> ink But it was Matt. So what a... happens?
2: Oh, go ahead. I was Sorry. just...
3: As a, a final thing on uh, Churit, we did have a nice fan theory earlier as to how he got his his name and it was that well actually this jumps the gun till later as well but there's a part where the other Chinese guy who's his good friend and he's like He's almost like the, if if we think of polarities, he's like the opposite polarity uh, of this yeah. guy. And that mm-hmm. he's got a big gun and like a backpack and he just shoots people with this gun. And he's like, oh, this Chirrut with the, the force, like the force <laughs> isn't real. <laughs> and of course they have to come together in the end. But we were saying I don't think they ever say the name Chirrut in the movie, mm-hmm. except one part where that guy yells it. But there's a good chance he just yelled something in Chinese. <laughs>
1: like, dude, <laughs> was the cameraman shooting? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then the, in post-production, they're like, oh, that, that sounds kind of like yeah. Chirrut. So that's a good <laughs> name. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like if you, if you go on
2: Wikipedia and look at Chirrut's name, there's like an odd symbol over the eye. It's not oh, yeah, that yeah, like... It's hat?
1: It's yeah. It's like a hat. It's like a Chinese hat. Oh, the, actually, like
2: a rice. Someone in like a rice
3: field would like wear. Lord like Lord Raiden. Like Lord Raiden. Oh my god! They really did it for that reason. I guarantee. You. Yeah. yeah. Almost the like the a He's the Lord Raiden of Rogue One. You are so right. He is
1: Lord Raiden. Man, he better come back as like a spirit. Well, yeah. I like that. I like that polarity you drew because you're right. It Baze, who is the guy with the gun is like very hard power. He just, you know, exerts force in a traditional sense. Ah, but two then, forces. Right. Mm. And sure. It is like soft power. He uses the force, but he also is, he adds that, um, he makes the force such a spiritual type of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to, I know one of the things that was controversial about The Phantom Menace was how the introduction of the midichlorian. (laughs) Yes. It's like, okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, the Force as Obi-Wan Kenobi described it, was closer to some Taoist idea of, like, the fabric of being. Yeah. <laughs> but then Qui-Gon Jinn just rolled in and was like, they're actually little, tiny, microscopic, physical things. <laughs> yeah. And and some people are born with them. Some people just aren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you it's have like, a lot of them. <laughs> <why>? <laughs> right. So the Force is so biologically determined. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the original, it seems like, Chirrut, Brings us back to that sense as the force is yeah. a spiritual, transcendent thing that you could just tap into.
3: <laughs> yeah. And we know from our face-off episode that anything Chinese would uh, have some kind of emblem- emblematic resonance with the yin-yang. And so yeah. these two guys are like our, our Chinese oh, yin-yang yeah, right. of Rogue One. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. and there's a lot of dualism in yeah. Eastern. I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> they talk
3: about that word a lot.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know if it'd be too early to jump into this, too, if we want to talk about churid Imwe and... Bayes-Malbus <laughs> more later, um, but... Their relationship. Yeah, their relationship. Maybe now's the time. Adam, I know you have a couple interesting things to say about their relationship.
1: Right. So I, and I know we talked about this when, so this is a big spoiler, but one of the reasons I like this movie is because everybody dies. <laughs> like every I agree. character dies in this movie, which is pretty big for a Disney movie. And Chirrut and Bayes die in a really poignant way that was really touching especially for the Star Wars universe. I feel like a lot of Star Wars movies have these tender moments that are not emotionally uh, resonant with me. But so Churit needs to go and push this button um, in this final battle in the movie. <clears throat> and... He basically sacrifices himself to do it. He walks into this oncoming laser fire and he's chanting his fanboy chant. <laughs> I'm one with the forces with me. And it seems like the force is working for him because mm-hmm. lasers are passing him by. He pushes the switch and then he blows up like a bomb goes off. And um then Bay's like screams, Jarrett, which knows, you know, we don't know what that. What that means in Mandarin. <laughs> uh, he runs over to him and Chirrut is dying in Baze's lap. And he puts his hand up, Chirrut does, towards Baze's face in a really tender way. And then Chirrut dies. And then Baze, I guess, decides life is no longer worth living and walks into oncoming laser fire and just takes out a few um, henchmen. Yeah. And I thought, I immediately thought, whoa, they are gay. They're in a romantic relationship and then matt i think yeah when
2: when when i watched it like i wasn't thinking that but then when you brought that up it seemed like oh wow i hadn't thought about that but it really (laughs) is it it's a it reminded me actually of another death scene from a movie with a confirmed gay character that is uh independence day resurgence
3: oh (laughs) you told me that yeah yeah (laughs) dr
2: uh Brackish Okun. Um, Dr. Brackish Okun is gay and there's a death scene and it's very tender and um so yeah it reminded me of that very much and even like their the relationship throughout the whole movie in Rogue One previously with Chirrut and Baze right Baze mm-hmm. Baze <laughs> um it's like it's 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 a very close relationship like you can tell they're always kind of disagreeing with each other with like a certain, like, not with antagonism, but with, like, total tender care, you know, even when they kind of hate each other. And I was like, whoa, it, like, I don't know if it was the intention of anyone of the filmmakers of any kind, but certainly whether it was their intention or not, like, I think you can easily read it that way. And it just, like, it added a new level to the movie where, where I thought, okay, this is pretty amazing that they decided to go for this.
1: Mm-hmm. And we did, right, like you said, uh, who knows if it was the, the, creator's intention behind the movie but in a post-structuralist like postmodern sense I mean <laughs> it's there and you can read it that way there is no um, ultimate authority on what the appropriate reading of the movie is but mm-hmm. um, I, I sensed that and I don't know if there is an answer to it but I know that it is a discussion that was happening online like I've seen articles like are these the first LGBT, characters in the Star Wars universe, because that's obviously a, an area of representation that Star Wars hasn't touched on. In this movie, it should be said too, I really liked because the cast is so diverse, which, mm-hmm. especially with a saga that's been accused of having some racist undertones in episodes <laughs> one through three, and even episode seven, the most recent one, you know, the primary characters is a black man and a woman. And the fact that lgbt populations haven't been represented in this world that is so heavily participated in by so many fans that's a big step but at the same hmm. time it's sort of like it's like schrodinger's queer character like is <laughs> are they queer you know we there's no definitive answer <laughs> that's given <laughs>
3: like you can look at them one way you can look at them the other
1: way and make up your own conclusion i guess but
3: um but the pos- even the possibility of that interpretation you're suggesting is like a big step for the Star Wars universe. Right. It's like there's no moment in any past Star Wars where anyone could even possibly draw that.
1: I, I mean, I mean, I sir, I think there's a possibility, but this one just lends itself to being that interpreted that way. I think, and I'm gay, so I thought, um, so I would like to see something like that. But also, it's a, it's. There's unlike other Star Wars movies. Is this the only Star Wars movie that doesn't have a romance in it?
3: Because there's
1: always Um, the yeah. Well, I guess Episode One. I got
3: a little (laughs) sense of a romance between uh, Jin and Diego Luna's character by the end. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think they ended like on the beach together, Mm -hmm, watching mm -hmm. the nuclear explosion about (laughs) to kill them. (laughs) It, It wasn't like overt. It wasn't the point of the story. It just kind of developed, but right. But, yeah, I mean, the, the moments between the t- – I forget their names. Uh, Chirut and Bayes Boz was – Chirrut Mokto. Definitely <laughs> equally tender than as Diego Luna and Jin at the end. You're right. It, it, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. It, and it is a Disney movie. So, you know, Disney is – extremely, most of its <clears throat> movies other than Pixar, which are not really heteronormative, uh, at the center of so many Disney movies is a heterosexual relationship. So the fact that this yeah. one at least didn't have an overt one between Jin and Cassian makes yeah. it, I think, more available for a queer reading of the text or of, of the movie. And yeah, I think, well, I mean, even after um, episode seven, people were sort of hoping that Finn and Poe were in a gay relationship. Isn't Finn John Boyega?
3: It's the guy that looks just like John Boyega. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They couldn't get John Boyega. They, they had to get a lookalike. He's an eternal form that has, <laughs> that has many different representations on Earth. <laughs> but people, people were hoping that
1: there was a relationship between him and Oscar Isaac's character. Is that Poe? That is Poe. Yeah, okay. that's
3: Poe. That's one hell of a pilot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the reasons I don't really like John Boyega is because he said in an interview, no, they're not gay. It's like, Screw you, John. You
3: didn't write the frickin' story.
1: (laughs) Right, what gives you the authority? You're not the emperor. Did you invent this character? Are you the author? And also- John Boyega
3: (laughs) is Star Wars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so what if queer people or whoever want to interpret it that way, I think they're owed that. authoritarian. John
3: says exactly, no. <laughs> but then
1: even weirder, he, I guess, because it just became such a meme, like Finn and Poe, like fan art, you know, like Yowie, like fan art of the <laughs> yeah. two, like it, you know, embracing and kissing. Um, there was so much of that online. He was being asked those questions in interviews, and finally, he succumbed, I guess, and. Basically confirmed that they could be gay in the most <laughs> ridiculous way. Oh. He posted a video on oh. Snapchat or Instagram or maybe both. I don't remember. Um Of him and Oscar Isaac. Like. In a position, it was, the camera was zoomed in and they were in a position and they were like grunting as to suggest they were having sex. Really? And then it zooms out and they're working out in a, in a workout room. It's like,
3: okay. Things. Seems like he's kind of just, like, making fun of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, right. It, it's it's like, like, oh, let's fuck with all these people. Yeah, it's the shallow Star hell. Wars.
1: <laughs> it's the shallow how method of affirming a vulnerable population. Like, let's yeah. affirm fat people by having a warm and fuzzy ending about the experience of being obese by making about 10 million fat jokes. Yeah, play.
3: right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, mean, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to read too much into this, but that video sounds like the behavior of a Sith. <laughs> oh, wow,
1: Jar Jar and Boyega. Yeah, yeah. There's a good Sith. chance
3: Boyega's got a little uh, little Sith running through the veins. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Only a Sith would do something so overtly evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a Sith does something so absolutely
2: dumb. Yeah. Uh, what I, I don't that doesn't. It's funny that doesn't really even see, like. I thought you were gonna say you told me this story before, but I forgot. Like I thought you were gonna say he then like backtracked. Boyega, we're talking about Sith Boyega here. <laughs> I, I really hope that his name becomes Darth Boyega.
0: <laughs>
2: Finn, Finn is now Darth Boyega, <laughs> right? Because
3: Star he Wars nerd, a Sith, they just give him his actual last name. <laughs> that, yeah, it's it's a Darth cool. Earl Jones. <laughs> Darth Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be really cool.
2: Thomas <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't really even seem like, like, like is was it just that he and Oscar Isaacs are sort of like working out together as they're filming, or like was he actually suggesting, look, like, well, we're kind of pretending to be these two characters, and and then it's also like you said. It seems very much like a joke. Like, yeah. oh, I know you guys are thinking about we're gay, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something that, like, people who are maybe even slightly homophobic would do
1: as a joke. You know, right. from our own non-gayness or something. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to yeah, show that con- we're just
3: being bros.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's confirm our queerness by doing what gay people do, which is have grunting sex. <laughs> like, nice
3: representation yeah thanks for that compassionate look John and one of my favorite parts about this is that we're putting all the blame on John Boyega and none of it on Oscar Isaac (laughs) or to think that it's all John Boyega's fault (laughs) well I like Oscar Isaac yeah
1: Yeah. Oscar Isaac's great yeah he was a great Joseph in the Nativity story (laughs) that's right he was really he grabbed that snake out of the
2: river because the snake is the devil
1: (laughs) and the dove's the Holy Spirit oh yeah
3: <laughs> I came into this conversation planning to fully defend Boyega, but now I hate oh, please. him. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> well, can, here's the thing. I can play never, that role for fun.
1: I, I don't know <laughs> if you want to even include that whole discussion We, I, because I read about that video. I have not seen it.
3: We'll, we can verify or ch- try to find it first just to make sure because <laughs> you might want to have him on the podcast eventually i just i should just tweet it at him oh okay. <laughs> to john Boyego, we're talking about you right now <laughs> they said, hashtag finn and poe forever <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah
2: in case we include, include any of this i'd like to encourage our listener to check out our social media sometimes we keep the jokes flowing from the podcast into the social media world
3: Yeah, with our
2: hashtag
3: meta jokes. There's no barriers. (laughs) Yeah, usually every time we post, we lose about one follower.
1: (laughs) Somehow, it's amazing.
3: When we
2: don't post, like, random people will start following us. Then then we do post, and I guess they realize, I have no time for these meta jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I'm still following
3: this? (laughs) Yeah, who are these people? I have more important things to see, like John Boyega new video <laughs> <laughs> new video he
1: just dropped a new Instagram
3: video it's <laughs> hilarious Boyega's live
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a future talk show Boyoga's Boyoga Boyoga
3: Darth Boyoga <laughs> <John> Boyoga Boyorgensen
1: <laughs> Boyorgensen <laughs> Boyorgensen
3: <laughs> John Boyega is like he looks so much like Tracy Morgan
1: <laughs> he, does. Yeah, he does you're right it looks like he has a lot of food in his mouth <laughs>
3: maybe that's why he's always struggling to breathe <laughs>
1: I guess he is where are those, um, those stormtrooper outfits like air conditioned
3: yeah. <laughs> he's always sweating and breathing heavily
1: <laughs>
3: well Yaga doesn't
1: sweat he pants yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, but Sean, you asked about, like, is, the, I forget what you said, like, is, do you think that's a positive that Chirrut and Bayes might be gay? And I think one of the things I feel like about it, be like this, I've heard this term, like Schrodinger's queer character, which is, you know, the movie was, is owned by Disney. And the fact that Disney or any of huge blockbuster movies, when they're deciding, like, basically what in the script can stay for the purposes of, earning money a queer character can be really uh, disadvantageous to their profits in a foreign market because in china they're not very receptive to american movies with queer characters okay was, like we saw with um beauty and the beast that the newest like live action emma watness M- emma watness <laughs> 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 emma watson realness uh, <laughs> when i guess i haven't seen it but LeFou, I think, is gay in that movie and openly gay. And in Russia, you have to be 18 or older to see the movie because of their (laughs) anti-LGBT propaganda laws. China, you know, a lot of theaters would not release the movie. So Mm -hmm. that hurts the bottom line. So yes, it's a good thing that these characters are maybe suggested to possibly be queer, which also opens our minds to, to... not view things in such a heteronormative way that not everyone by default is straight and the exception is gay. But it's also sad because Disney probably wouldn't do something like that, like put a gay character in Star Wars. Especially when of
3: both of them are Chinese. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh right. Yeah, exactly. The Chinese character's gay. Yeah, and Hollywood
2: gets so much money from foreign markets, especially yeah. China, because yeah. action movies are huge in China,
1: like John Wick. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> didn't that movie like flopped here, but didn't it do really well in China? I <laughs> I'm not sure.
2: I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would which, as, I would assume Chinese people like Keanu. <laughs> I would assume so too, because he maybe it's just his Matrixness or his ability to do kung fu, but uh, he he sort of and he has a certain chineseness to him yeah so i could see them really liking keanu yeah he's
1: half hawaiian isn't he
2: yeah i believe so okay you know all this really brings you know the kind of the thought around to me again to bring him up as our our good personal friend roland emmerich for making <laughs> dr brackish okun openly gay like yeah. knowing as daobia mentioned um independence day was the first film to have a Uh, the the lead character be African-American with Will Smith and then Independence Day Resurgence. I mean, it's subtle, but, you know, not every gay person is like, you know, walking around screaming, I'm gay, like, like kind of like uh, Michael Bay would assume, you know, like if (laughs) if there's ever been a gay character in a Michael Bay movie, it's a total joke. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Sort of like that. uh, Is
1: there an example?
2: Well, no, but there's a Jerry Bruckheimer example that I know of, and that's from Con Air the the inmate right. who, who is just like a stereotype of like a transvestite gay joke, or and Jerry Bruckheimer probably thought it was really really funny, just <laughs> like all fifteen year old boys do.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Roland Emmerich is gay, right? Roland Emmerich is, is gay, yeah.
2: recently engaged. Yeah, oh. yep. congrats
1: mm-hmm. again, Roland. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, favorite parts of your podcast is that you essentially do live action hashtags in the like in the middle of an hour and a half podcast <laughs> as though you're really calling out to Roland. Up. Like, he can hear.
3: <laughs> and hashtags don't even need to be typed anymore. As long as they're spoken, they will right. connect. <laughs> At minute 49. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what it, who made the rock michael bay. michael bay okay well mm-hmm. he, there is that cartoonish uh like hairstylist oh yes exactly he's like a gay stereotype who's basically cutting Nicola, who's uh sean connery's, sean connery's. Hair. and yeah. yeah he's extremely
2: flamboyant he is so flamboyant and there's this like totally dumb comedic scene when uh, Sean Connery is like escaping from jail and he runs to this elevator and these hairstylists is like cowering down and hiding. Right. And he's like, he's like, I don't care what you did. I don't care why you're leaving. All I care about is, do you like your hair? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, Michael Bay, that way to just
3: <laughs> jump the shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Cause, and, and again, like maybe, You know, some there could be a character like that who's done like in a in a fun way or a fun loving way, but I have no doubt that Michael Bay actually thinks every gay person is just like that.
1: Uh Well, (laughs) that's why I'm excited for your Armageddon. Uh, Did you say you're going to do an Armageddon episode? Yeah, that's the next one we're going to do. Oh, fun! Because there's there's an inherent conservatism conservatism to Michael Bay. Yeah, yes, he is so socially. He just seems so socially conservative, so gendered. Yeah. like, did anyone see that movie with the guy from The Office uh, the, his, about Benghazi? Oh, no.
3: No, I didn't. 13 Hours was, or something? Yeah. yeah. That was Michael Bay, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, God.
1: And
2: that came out during the election stuff, and Hillary Clinton was highly criticized for the Benghazi stuff. Right. So, almost like it could have been... Like we've established, his movies are propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like they <laughs> share similarities with propaganda. Yeah. They are uh-huh. propaganda. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so, so, I mean, would you, would you guys go so far as to call Rogue One a progressive film?
2: Um, in one respect, I would say it is. it progresses. So, and not like socially progressive. I'm not thinking about the word progressive in that way right now. But I would say it progresses... Way differently from the standard form of an action movie in that, like we said, they're the main characters die. And in most Hollywood movies, when a main character dies, it's to create a sense of emotion that the whole rest of the movie has failed to do because it's so poorly made. Or a main character will die only for you to find out that they didn't die. Like, um, I don't I'm not I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy, but Groot. Then diesel i am groot groot dies but apparently groot's species can just like rebirth like a tree because groot is a tree I-, I can't believe the words that i'm even talking about <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like what's the point of having a character die if they can just come back and be the same character
1: like right. it's, it's
2: the good guys it's never die people's emotions
1: yeah you could say the same thing about game of thrones <laughs> oh but i don't want to spoil anything for sean because i know he's <laughs> dying to watch that series one of these days (laughs) i i would say it's progressive because of its cast and i do think it's like i think it's good that the last two star wars movies have had a female lead um i wish they had done some things differently i wish i do like the way rogue one like the jinn's like, fierceness and battle readiness is just so matter-of-fact. There's not John Boyega in the <laughs> sidelines being like, what? <laughs>
3: like, oh, yeah.
1: You can hold a gun? You know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> there there <laughs> was a moment, though, when uh, when Jin, like, beat up a bunch of stormtroopers and uh, Diego Luna kind of looked with surprise, right. like, oh, like, my oh, gosh, you just I don't did even, that? You're a I woman. <laughs> <need> <laughs> yeah, I don't even you need beat to them step up. in for you.
1: <laughs> You're right. That is totally, like eating out of disney's hand <laughs> like, um but yeah so i do i mean it is a super diverse cast there's uh riz ahmed which who is middle eastern um forrest whitaker uh, mm, yeah female lead um diego luna diego luna the chinese people the, chinese the cgi people. dead guy cgi G- we haven't I'm even dead. talked about oh, yeah her. grand moff tarkin tarkin is that his, his tarkin, name, that his name? Um, yeah tarkin boy.
2: I like I don't I've had enough of the CGI faces like and like I liked it I thought it was really good um but I'm just actually amazed that they can't yet do that in a way that's totally indistinguishable right, right. It was like how... so
3: clear to me the second time watching that this is a CGI face Yeah it <laughs> mm-hmm. really like bugged isn't even the right word it was just unsettling Yes it is and I know a lot of people said that about the movie There's something like kind of disturbing about it.
1: I didn't feel that way about
3: the laugh. Oh. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I didn't feel that way about is that's a Grand Moff Tarkin who that actor must have died back in, you know, <laughs> like eighties. Right yeah. in the yeah. 80s or 90s. And I thought, right, for the most part, it looked good. And they definitely kept his face in the shadows a lot. But it was you're right. It was unsettling, but not as much as Princess Leia's that. What really? was that? Her, was that fully CGI or was that no, I mean, Carrie there Fisher was a, with prosthetics or something?
2: No, there was a an actor played her, and then they CGI'd. They did the facial thing. Yeah. <gasps> oh. So a person like did that whole scene, and then they CGI'd Carrie Fisher's face.
1: Okay. That looked like they took Carrie Fisher and gave her millions of dollars of plastic surgery to look 30 years younger. Yeah. Really, she, she looked like yeah. Amanda Lepore, like the, the woman Lepore. who's addicted to plastic <laughs> surgery. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> it looks like kind of an
2: alien. Yeah. Um, not to you know, disparage anyone's looks, but that's, that's, I guess. Maybe with
3: CGI face just inevitably looks a little alien. <laughs> well, it's, it's
2: odd because that's funny i actually had a kind of an opposite reaction I, I was amazed at how good um leia's looked and but it could be that she's only on screen for about five seconds
3: yeah no one else mm. is like next to her to like juxtapose against right. a real yeah. human face so it's i mean bright
2: what's it's a really that really bright scene yeah, yeah so maybe like some of my vision was taken up by the bright background hmm. um, whereas like grand moff is that what he's called
1: yeah, is that his title? His I guess, moth? I uh, guess. Rank?
2: Yeah. So much <laughs> you know, is there a lower moth? Tarkin, like, Tarkin, he was, like, making angry faces a lot. And, like, when you make angry faces, you know, a lot happens to, like, wrinkles in your eyes and that sort of thing. Whereas, like, Leia was just kind of speaking a simple little sentence or so. So it was like, okay, you can just sort of do, like, a, a kind of a flat emotion. Um, Yeah.
1: How'd we start talking about this? <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I like that
1: question of how, if it, if it's progressive, because it doesn't just yes. have to be socially progressive. I liked the differences that it had with the rest of the Star Wars saga, which I think it had license to because it is sort of this spinoff movie. It's uh-huh. not in the canon, you know. And I think that Star Wars is such a an intense fandom. I like, I mean, it, there's so much fan fiction that's written. Um, largely by women in the Star Wars fandom that it makes, you know, the, there was fan, there's been, you know, fan movies and and fan fiction written about the original trilogy, episodes four through six forever, even before Phantom Menace. And that's why I think the Star Wars fandom responded so negatively to George Lucas's phantom menace because it just seems so tone deaf to the like what was going on in the star wars world and i think this movie almost has that feeling of being fan fiction i mean it was essentially the idea was first pitched by um the visual effects supervisor for episodes one through three really he pitched the movie the story and then it was rejected and then he pitched it to disney um When Disney purchased the rights for the franchise, which is, which is neat, I think, because it's coming from a fan and not from the George Lucas orbit. And um, it just seemed to have elements that seemed more like fan fiction. I mean, the differences like being... You know, there's, there's no crawl. There's no text crawl in the beginning. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. but um And like we said, the fact that everybody dies, it's not yeah. optimistic. It's also, even though Star Wars is a world that takes place surrounding war, it, this movie was like a war movie. Like it felt like a war movie.
2: Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree with, I mean, just to go to the fact that everyone died kind of thing. Because, again, something we talk about with action movies is how they... They want you to like believe, like, oh, we're, you know, we're on the brink of, of like bad things happening, but they never really show it happening. Like Captain America's Civil War. Um, <laughs> incredibly dumb. And, um, <laughs> but like this one, the main characters die and like you reach a point where you realize they're going to die. And it's like, oh my gosh, like they are about to die right here. And yet it still has this, this hope, which like leading into episode four makes the title for episode four so much more relevant that it's called a new hope Mm. in my mind that it's like, Oh my gosh. Like you actually see like you see Rogue one connect to episode four. Then I think some of the other star Wars movies that move in sequence connect to one another, Um, which made it, I think like such a wonderful accomplishment and made the end of rogue one truly exciting in my, in my mind, like actually um, heart racing and scary as well. Like when we, when we really meet Darth Vader, mm-hmm. um, after he's made his, pun. Yeah. <laughs> and <Johnny appreciated> his
1: <laughs> pun. You're right. That was like a debut for Darth Vader essentially mm-hmm. in the whole story. And it was scary. Yeah.
2: It is that like, I was so amazed that that scene was good because in so many ways it could have been bad. Yeah. And I was, I mean, by that point I realized I liked the movie, but um, stuff like that is is often poorly done,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. it
2: was like, I am scared of Darth Vader right here. This yeah. isn't this is an actually intense scene, and I think <laughs> I know how this movie's going to end, but I'm actually not sure.
3: Yeah, but like, I agree. That's my emotional response, and then when <laughs> old reason kicks in. I'm like, <laughs> who? Oh, I said old reason. Oh, reason, that that, that, it might that call candy. Chocolate I, that's what I was thinking of. What
0: you
2: think I said? <laughs> that candy, that uh, chocolate over raisin. R I E S E N.
1: So you had a lot of them or something, yeah, and then yeah, had a lot of them. and I became grumpy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Darth Vader is walking towards these people. You know he's got his mm. lightsaber out. he's easily deflecting every blast. he's mm-hmm. picking like three of them up at a time and launching them against a wall. but he can't like use the force the to grab guy? this like one ounce oh. like thumb drive true why didn't he just freeze the guy that had it and like bring him over to him (laughs) they're like one guy's getting away every time he's like the door's closing take it take it it was more like a floppy disk
2: it was like a floppy (laughs) disk you're right There, there's that's true there's there's that kind of forced element too where he's like take it and like all these people are like running by and they don't hear him (laughs) you're like just
3: turn around and take it
1: (laughs) but i didn't think it was going to I thought he was going to get it, <laughs> yeah. even though yeah. no,
3: he's not. <laughs> he's able to just destroy all of these people. Right. <laughs> oh, man. And I thought it was so
2: scary. Like, they're like, you know, their ship's been hit or whatever. And they realize a the ship has docked onto them. Then all of a sudden, Darth Vader lights up with his lightsaber. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah that, th- that is a the good character. Glow. Darth Vader truly is wonderful. Yeah. I want to say at one point, maybe the American Film Institute voted, like, you know, best – one hundred criminals in film, and I think he was one. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Tough to beat. He and Hopkins, uh, Silence of oh, the Lambs. Yeah. Hopkins, yeah. Hannibal Lecter was up there. Yeah. He's
1: the. Isn't that like the shortest role in terms of minutes within a movie that has won Best Actor?
2: Yeah, um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was in the movie for like eleven 19, minutes. Yeah. or yeah, some. It was an odd number. I know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> it was less than twenty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I feel like this movie. The I. I I forget what I was going to say. There's something, a comment you made earlier, Sean. There's there's a meta moment, I think, in this film that acknowledges its own otherness from the canon that, like, you know, acknowledges its extra-canonical status as, like, not an episode within the saga is when, um, and this almost sort of stabs at the heart of, like, the people who said, this movie doesn't need to exist. It's when um, Rin, Riz Ahmed, what is his name? He's but the like the Rebel pilot. Bodie Bodie Rook. 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 <laughs> Rook. He they commandeer this um ship and they're about to fly to you know the planet that has the last battle, and the flight deck is like, what's your call what's your call name? And he has to make one up and he goes, Rogue one. <laughs> and the like doofus Called, uh, flight deck guy is like, Rogue One, there is no Rogue One. <laughs> it's like those are the, that's the fandom. <laughs> like crying out, there yeah. is no, it's like, well there is now. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Rogue One, that isn't a movie. <laughs> right. George Lucas didn't sign off. <laughs> that shouldn't exist. all <laughs> <laughs> right And then the movie ends.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I guess a final comment i have is i would still argue it shouldn't exist (laughs) (laughs) but that's because of a a plot gripe that i just can't quite buy i'm really excited that's that all right we get it set up at the beginning that the bad guy from casino royale mads mickelson or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) that he he gets taken by the Empire because apparently he's the only guy that can build the mm. Death Star. Right, <laughs> <laughs> No one else in the entire galaxy that can do it, or at least he'd do it the best, even though they know that he doesn't want to. Okay. And this guy apparently goes away and builds this thing and then like, like right when it's able to destroy full planets he's like, alright, now we really gotta let them know that You got to destroy this thing. Like, this dude's been building this for, like, 13 years. (laughs) Why didn't he build it for, like, eight years and, like, build it up a lot and then be like, okay, this thing can't destroy anything yet. If you blow it up now, they're not going to know I have anything to do with it. And then we'll have to start over <laughs> and just keep doing that until the empire dissolved or something. <laughs> Why did he wait until it could destroy a full planet to finally be like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, yeah, right. you guys got to destroy yeah. this thing. <laughs> like, that dude is directly responsible for the loss of multiple cities and an entire planet.
1: <laughs> and the dream. the <laughs> dream. Yeah, and
3: the dream. <laughs> and the dream
1: you're right and ironically (laughs) it's it's his
2: weapon that kills his own daughter
1: yeah
3: Mm.
2: yeah i you know i was wondering that too and this whole like you're the only one who can do it Mm -hmm. you know so he decided okay since i'm the only one who can do it i will but i'll make it i'll have like a flaw something yeah and they did fail safe yeah they kind of like
3: addressed it at like one line when um it was like well he knew that if he didn't do it someone else would or something. And mm-hmm. so that's why mm-hmm. he decided to like make the weakness in it, because he could at least do that. But he still yeah. didn't have to wait until it had the power to destroy <laughs> a planet. Like- mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and also, isn't that argument the same argument that was used by like people who were uh, like commissioned into the SS, <laughs> like well, they're just going to ask someone else right. to do it. I <laughs> might as well do it. <laughs> it like, doesn't that. make your decision right.
3: right. Yeah. The movie <laughs> makes him like this heroic figure. It's like, no, oh, mm-hmm. this dude built the Death Star. He's right. yeah. bad. If,
1: if you really are the one person who can build the Death Star, I think you, you need to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should not exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I
2: also was a little confused. Like, they just killed your wife. And now your daughter's hiding, like maybe or well you I guess you sent your daughter to go hide with Saw Guerrera, so maybe you know he'll keep her safe. But you know, or like if I were her. like coerced yeah. in doing this, I might be like, okay, well, can you know, i I hid my daughter near my cabin. Like can can I take her with me at least, so I'm not separated from her forever? I don't know. I would also think that as he's building it, they're like training other people to know how it works. Like, so he's the only person who knows how this Ship that's the size of like a planet, like works so that, like, when he dies, they won't be able to rebuild it or something. Is that the idea? Because they do later rebuild it, right? They, yeah, Yeah, for
3: Return of the Jedi, yeah, and uh, then for The Force Awakens, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I guess some people said, like, a similar,
1: I guess the movie people have said are. Was the Rogue One was born out of the plot hole, which I don't really see as a huge plot hole. Which is like, why does this enormous Death Star have this weakness Mm
0: -hmm. that's like
1: akin akin to like something in a pinball machine? It's like you just got to get your blaster to go right through that one little hole, and then the whole thing blows up. It's like, I yeah, I guess that is a plot hole, but not really. It's just like you know Mm -hmm. the whole Star Wars. But then if this guy
3: really (laughs) wants to like destroy it. Why doesn't he take that defecting pilot and be like, all right, dude, Here's where the hole is. Just, like, go fly outside and shoot it right now. And right. this whole thing will explode. Can we get a suicide bomber <laughs> up in here, <laughs> right. please? It's like, you're, you're going to die. You're going to see Saw Guerrero. So, like, just make it easier. We don't right. have to have this convoluted plot of finding these plans. Just blow it up now. Right. You're right. And
2: actually, in the process of seeing Saw Guerrero, the, the whole message was almost lost. Because, like, Saw Guerrero didn't like this guy. Yeah. Right? And they almost didn't get a chance to transmit yeah. it. It was only because of the Chinese
3: man, right? Right. <laughs> Was it? Oh, Ch- yeah. Treat way? Yeah, or- yeah, because Chiro? he was one with the force, and he walked and- into that blast field <laughs> and flipped the switch. Is that what you're talking about?
2: No, I'm talking about, like, right, because Saw Gerrera had captured the rebel pilot.
3: Yeah, what yes. was he going to do with
2: that? And I think Saw Guerrero like, was just going to kill this guy, therefore making the message that he alone had <laughs> totally
3: useless. It was only because Jin showed up that he was like, uh-huh. of all days to show up today, yeah. which <laughs> Yeah, It was just a big coincidence. Yeah. Clinky ding. That's how they were able to
1: put the dream onto that floppy disk. <laughs> yes. And save it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? It's like
2: the crumbling rocks were just, like, blowing up.
3: I did like the coincidence quality of this movie. Like, the fact that those converged. Because I think that by having the Chinese man who loved the force, it was making a statement that the force was actually bringing all this to be, which I guess would be another Mm. deterministic type Uh, of outlook, but but like the force is unfolding these events back toward balance.
1: They had to happen that way.
3: Yeah. So none of these characters are free agents. That's that's
1: (laughs) That's always a good question with any kind of piece of speculative fiction that's like sci-fi or fantasy is like, is this a deterministic universe or is this one where free will is? That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But one sort of loose end that I didn't expect was the kyber crystal that she wears around her neck. Is that going to reappear as a plot device in a later movie? Didn't you expect? She keeps, she keeps looking at this. Or or wait, actually, I just jumped in an assumption. Is that a kyber crystal? Do you remember Jin is wearing that little crystal? Do they confirm that that's a kyber crystal? I
3: think so, because that's how the but the blind Chinese guy, like, first addresses her. It's like something about oh. her necklace. Oh, yeah. Oh, because he can smell that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you go
2: blind, your other senses actually get better. Yeah, yeah you can smell rocks.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. like Daredevil
2: with
3: Ben Affleck.
1: <laughs> Another great director. <laughs> I didn't really even mean anything by that. <laughs> I like the just movie neutral. Argo, but God, Ben Affleck is so infantilized by Hollywood. You're right. Give Ben an Oscar. <laughs> he deserves it. He's worked so hard. <laughs> J-Lo did him dirty. <laughs>
2: I really hope that someone wanted him to win the Oscar because of that. Yeah. I actually don't even
1: know how they broke up. What's happening
2: <laughs> So there are going to be more, right? There are going to be more yeah. sort of um, movies that are not in the chronological canon, but that are sort of what would you call
1: them. It's called the Anthology Series. Ah, oh. So sort of like the Cimmerillion.
2: <laughs> yes, right. expanding
1: the lore. Yeah. Which it's not like the *Cimmerillian* in the way that um, – which is one of the criticisms I have of the whole star Wars franchise is that it just seems like such weak world building, mm. you know, the, the Cimmerillion is like basically the handbook for the whole Lord of the Rings world and explains a lot of the mythology. But I just feel like there's never anything too deep below the surface of anything in star Wars. Like I've never had a, a really interesting theme. Like
3: leap out at me like Mm. oh yeah well did you ever hear the story of dark darth plagueis the wise (laughs) (laughs) some might consider unnatural he was so powerful he could raise people from the dead
1: that scene (laughs) is so awesome
3: is this from <laughs> force awakens this is, <laughs> this is from revenge of the sith and uh this oh. i hope that two of my students are listening right now shout out names uh, jack murphy and james murray who sit oh. right by each other and- oh my god they
1: almost oh. have the exact same <laughs> yeah. name <I>
3: <laughs> pretty much once wow. a class they're softwares and they'll find a way to be like, have you ever heard the tragedy of Doc Plagueis the Wise?
1: Well that's a meme. Why is
3: that a meme right now?
1: Is it have a meme? You, yeah, have you so are either of you on Reddit? <laughs> no. no. So we need
3: to be. You could you need to be our Reddit guy. Connect oh, General yeah. Snobbery to Reddit. I'll be your Reddit liaison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what this
1: community of tens of millions of people are are in a single voice saying just
3: get all of them to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Hey guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, there was this, so Reddit has these, you know, little communities. And one of them is, was this on April fool's day. They always do this project that's supposed to be collaborative of as many users as they want to collaborate. And it was called, it's called place. So they launched this platform on Reddit on April fool's day this year called place. And essentially, Every user could change. It was like a <laughs> this image of like 10 million by 10 million pixels. And each user could change the color of one pixel every five minutes. So the point is to transform within 24 hours this like 10 million by 10 million pixel field into whatever image. So people started like adding things and you couldn't know one person could create an image because you'd only limited one pixel per five minutes. Wow. But in the center, so there's all these really interesting murals that are on it. Like in the center is an American flag and there's all these different memes all over the place. And one of the biggest things is in calligraphy font, the Darth Plagueis. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow. why is that there? <laughs> wow. But I do remember that speech really well. <laughs> like <laughs> that there's some kind of meme power going on behind that. God, that's the force.
2: That's amazing. It that is,
1: that is the force. George I
2: Williams. don't remember that from Revenge of the Sith, and I've seen those those like episodes two and it's, three a lot. It's
3: when uh when Emperor or Chancellor Palpatine or whatever he is at that time sits down with Anakin in one of those mm. very obvious, like I'm converting you to the dark side types yeah, of scenes. Right. Uh-huh. And he tells him the story of a Jedi oh, I do remember. Who, I think trained, I don't know, I don't think trained him, but trained some powerful Sith. And he apparently could bring people back from the dead, but couldn't save himself from dying. And he was, like, uh, trying to get this idea in Anakin's head that he could have the power to stop death. Because I think he was afraid... His mom? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Padme. He was playing on the mom thing, and I yeah. maybe was afraid Padme was going to die or something. Oh, right, I, he right. was
1: having dreams that Padme was going
3: to yeah. die a Yeah,
2: but that's only because
3: he was... Uh, Breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's because Obi Wan Kenobi had the high ground. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> Chopped
1: all his limbs up. <laughs> <laughs> <Ranger. laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the setting of that that Chancellor Palpatine and Anakin conversation? <laughs>
2: Was it like it, in one of those rooms where it's just like really kind of like it reminds you of like those scenes in Gladiator with like Emperor Commodus and his sister like dark and <laughs> oh purple-y. no
1: it was it was one of many CGI circuses in the episodes one through three they were in some kind of it literally looked like a Star Wars version of Cirque du Soleil <laughs> it was some kind of performance <laughs> of all these like lights and ribbons and it was like an opera that was wow, clearly I, alien it was so stupid I just, <laughs> like, what are they watching. This isn't music. (laughs) It was very weird.
2: How the fuck can like a bunch of Reddit users spell that out? That's amazing.
1: You had to rely on other people to interpret what the project is that's happening. Yeah. Wow. I I wonder what conflicts happen too. like if somebody tried to like alter or X out something. I don't know. Yeah. Darth
3: Plagueis the wise has come back. (laughs) (laughs) It would would definitely like deflate the meme
1: balloon that... um, darth murphy and darth murray murray are, <laughs> that they're like trying to you know, or that they're tapping into but I, I want you to ask them like why do you guys keep saying that <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: collective <laughs> unconscious or something right explain yeah. the joke
3: to me yeah i will i will i
2: i would love it if in some later anthology film darth Plagueis does come back and somehow they reference that like this inscription just showed up the, like this inscription somehow was formed and like in reference to the reddit thread oh where, like <laughs> the same this inscription <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so like they basically get some of the plot of the movie about Darth Plagueis from reddit and reddit followers <laughs> that it was this like movement of this force that made him re-materialize uh, or something <laughs>
1: right <laughs> I wonder like in thousands of years what fictional characters are perceived to be to have been historical characters like you know in like christianity there was saint christopher you know (laughs) know, like i guess he was not a he was like a like a medieval legend so i guess the Vatican in the 60s or something, decanonized canonized him. So it's like, okay, he's not a saint anymore because he actually never really existed. That <laughs> yeah, wasn't even it, a real human <laughs> being. Like, right. He's a giant. <laughs> <And> <laughs> giants aren't real. <laughs> but I, I wonder if in the future they're like, who's Dar- who are these Darth people? Yeah. <laughs> Darth, wasn't Dar- like, was Darth the
2: Vader was was he the one in in was he that dictator a long time ago the emperor in Europe like no that was julius caesar or maybe you're thinking about adolf hitler but it wasn't darth vader he was from a book but it was like a movie <laughs> a book. which don't exist anymore cuz we watch everything in our brains yeah, he was from a dvd <laughs> you're right I mean like Greek mythology we we talk about like the Greek gods as if they were real even though when we talk about them we know they weren't you know like well then Dionysus killed Athena's blah 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 or you know however it goes <laughs>
1: right and people believed they were real that's yeah. something I've never understood it's like and that's like the arrogance that I had as a religious high schooler of like just like pfft, they believed that <laughs> Zeus was real it's like well you believe in this <laughs> that's equally unnatural <laughs>
3: I bet John Boyega believes that they're all real. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even believe he's real. (laughs) John Boyega just better prove
1: himself. (laughs) He better... um prove to me that he's real
3: we're gonna learn that john boyega has an elaborate hologram <laughs> right yeah it's like he's just that
2: like cgi face yeah. from grand moff
1: yeah he's sitting in a file somewhere like next to grand moff tarkin
2: yeah and some hollywood producers like in the dark like on his computer
3: screen like now to bring boyega <laughs> <laughs> what shall doth boyega's next move be <laughs> <laughs> breathing
1: definitely
3: <laughs>
2: Ooh, that's a good little uh, allusion to maybe a later uh, Moff, Darth Boyega when when he has to
1: breathe.
3: a yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, Good premonition. He's going to be ventilator too. <laughs> His breath will be a lot more rapid than Darth Vader, so... <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no one can hear anything in the room. <laughs> yeah, they'll have like
3: a translator. That'd kind of be fun. <laughs> he can't speak. His boy- but his voice won't be James Earl Jones. It'll just be like a distorted Boyega.
2: <laughs> That's one hell of a pilot. <laughs> <That's what> I- <laughs> you know, like kind of uh, thinking about these extreme circumstances is making me remember a joke I was going to make earlier about uh, queer characters in Star Wars, and I was going to say that perhaps Darth Maul was gay. Um, and I, if you know, if no one's sure. ever said that, I'd like to just make that up right now. <laughs> and <laughs> the only justification would be that. Uh his lightsaber is not a single lightsaber, which represents one penis, <laughs> but it is a double lightsaber, oh. which represents two penises. Yeah. True. <laughs> True.
3: <laughs> the only dual lightsaber.
1: He yeah. also it's like he uh I mean Darth Maul can definitely dance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think Darth Vader can, but Darth Maul can. Yeah. True. Yeah, and, and that
2: doesn't even have to do with Darth Vader's lack of legs. It's just his general persona. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you guys I I remember um so we had a teacher he was I guess he was a teacher he was more of a a uh, like a cartoon character <laughs> uh, Whoever co- he is I hope he's listening <laughs> right shout out to coach Drew Shin
3: Oh man that guy <laughs> But
1: he was explaining <laughs> he was subbing a class that I was in and he was explaining how Star Wars is all a Christian allegory you know how like Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe like that whole world there's allegorical ties to like the gospels and that's sort of whatever but (laughs) like i remember him explaining the forces like you know that's my problem with allegories is like in interpretations of c.s lewis like it's like okay the lion equals jesus (laughs) like um the snow queen equals satan it's like is that really, is it that simple? This, like, <laughs> yeah. equation you're drawing? Like, that almost sounds like C.S. Lewis had zero creativity. Yeah, you just changed the names. Right. <laughs> but um he was basically saying that, that the the Force equals the Holy Spirit. The Jedi equal priests. And I, I didn't really know Star Wars very well in high school. I didn't watch them until college. And that has, like, affected how I understand star Wars so much. That's sort of the lens that I look through it. And I don't think that that's accurate or even the intention of George Lucas until like I saw it was, I don't remember reading or watching something about like more comparisons between the force and, and the Tao from Taoism.
3: Yeah. Mm. I don't know.
1: Do you guys, did you guys understand star Wars through like a Christian lens or is that
3: I think that uh, it's definitely possible. I do want to just say we have to bear in mind that the same man who (laughs) informed you of this is also the man who told stories of slamming his own dick in lockers. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that equals the wounds of Christ. <laughs> that's his version of being an ascetic a high school coach. <laughs> right.
1: He slammed my dick in a locker. <laughs> sorry.
0: That's why you got fired, to... right?
3: Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> shin, you can't slam students' dicks in lockers. <laughs> uh,
1: just to clarify for the NSA <laughs> that's listening, I, he did not do that. He did not molest me and <laughs>
3: I, yeah i think that i think you can part of the fun of star wars is the mythology can, it can lend itself to this interpretation but to say that is exactly it is fucking dumb the exactly. point of an allegory is that it can lend itself to multiple interpretations right like, which is yeah. why i think there's room
1: for like a queer reading of it like yeah. Is, yeah. is the creator of it queer do they intend queer things no but i'm queer and Bitch, you're not gonna stop me. <laughs> that was so queer. <laughs> that, was, that was so progressive.
2: <laughs> we're officially a progressive podcast now. Yeah, we are. Oh, really? we, are. <laughs> we did it. We just did it. Yeah, Thanks, we're gonna get Adam. a letter from the ACLU. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Here's money.
1: <laughs> you're de- for defending the First Amendment. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I think like you know to to do that um allegory where it's this equals this is always so kind of simplistic and one-minded, you know what mm-hmm. i mean? And unfortunately there are a lot of action movies today that are so bad they're not even able to do that. <laughs> you know, it's not like right. Captain America Civil War equals like divisions within American culture. It's like so much more <laughs> diluted. Um but yeah, it seems like a bit of a cop out or a cheap too easy of a way to understand it. And also I'd like to make a little epistemological uh you know reference here kind of the way we know things or how we know things and just say how if you know if you're someone who has influence over you know someone's thoughts like be gentle with them because you can clearly incept things into people's minds uh-huh. a the movie inception <clears throat> and there have been plenty of times i've Heard, like an interpretation of something, and it has taken me years to move away from that. Yeah. So, I totally get what you're saying, where it's like, now I can't not see the Jedi like this or the right. Force yeah. like this. So,
3: fuck some... Boyega for telling us that <laughs> you yeah. and Poe don't have a relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leave that to us, Boyega. Yeah. Right.
1: It, what It's like, I also really resent the idea of, of a singular authority of the meaning of a text, anyways. Yeah, especially if he's a
3: if... fucking actor in it. Exactly. <laughs> like, thanks for telling me how to view uh, you. Yeah, the story <laughs> that you did not write. Right. Yes.
2: Your job is to to take all of this and show it to me in a yeah. realistic way, yeah, and not to heavily. explain it to me. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: But yeah, and like Sean, you're you're an English teacher, and I think one of my first encounters with this because I think at least I'm I'm coming at this from sort of a I cannot say this without feeling pretentious. That's okay. <laughs> so We're this,
3: this far in the podcast, out. no one's listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but. The first time I was introduced to what I, I didn't know it at the time, but what I know now is like a post structuralist sort of postmodern Deridian. Like, hermeneutic <laughs> of a lens. What'd you say? Derridian
3: perhaps. Oh. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Derrida. Um,
1: is, was from an English teacher we had, uh, who was like clearly overqualified to teach, um, high school. I think he had once been a university professor. It he was, moved
2: on to, he got his PhD.
1: Oh, oh, he, yeah. okay. I think he was working on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, I, now I don't remember his name. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, what was his name? Ska- Chura. Dr. Oh, Chura. Ska- All comes Ska- back Ska- to Ska- Chura. Uh, University of Akron. <laughs> Maybe, Ooh. yeah. I'm going to view Churrit as Chura. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, Professor Chura, somebody, you know, we were reading, um, uh, what the hell is it? Was it, it one of the old Greek books? The Scarlet books? Letter. Ah. Um, one of the old Greek books. <laughs> 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 and, you know, the Scarlet Letter has so much symbolism and it has that supernatural um like supernatural motifs. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but um, you know, it's, it can be frustrating for a lot of high schoolers. And I, I remember a lot of people being really frustrated with like the level of analysis that he was asking of us. And um somebody kind of had this, tantrum like what i don't how do we know that this was what the author intended how do we know that this in this book means this and he was this i loved this teacher he was so like, calm. And he's and, like, he didn't let this idiot kid rile him up. You know, he did he not was talk just, about lockers and genitals. <laughs> right. He didn't then <laughs> slam his dick into anything. <laughs> um, but he's, his response was, well, it doesn't matter if the author intended it, what we do. And we, do, we don't know, but it's there. You know, it's there if we see that it's there. And I think that a queer reading of Star Wars is welcome. Be- queer. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, any art, like, like you said, like the epistemology of, of this, like in a, in a Deridian sense, like uh, knowledge is really contingent on power relations. So should we like totally accept the power relation between the creator and us or does John Boyega have some power <laughs> over John this? John
3: thinks he does.
1: Right. Yeah. He seems to claim this authority uh-huh. over the meaning. It's like, well, the reader, in a postmodern interpretation of anything, is implicated in constructing the meaning of the
3: thing. Yeah, it's participatory act. So, so does that lead to like a, a relative understanding of the text,
1: I guess so. And I think that's why fan fiction is so fun. Because why I would liken this movie almost to like a commercialized form of fan fiction. You know, when there's this canon of anything, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and fans decide they're not done. (laughs) They're not ready for the author to like say the, you know, the author, like J.K. Rowling's not writing anything left of the story of Harry Potter. It seems. She probably will.
3: but the fan base has
1: decided well we're not done with that and we don't we want to know more about this relationship and and that's i like and appreciate fan fiction writers like playing with the text which is sort of postmodern because and Rogue they're
3: one it's like kind of just like fan fiction <laughs> at right. large scale i mean it's if we go beyond george lucas as like the original authority over it like now he has nothing to do with it
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to that Remember when George Lucas made that like infinitely idiotic decision to edit the original? Yeah. Film? Oh yes, we
3: can't forget but... that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and fans were upset, understandably, because he changed some very like deep the 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 deep meaning of certain characters. Like one of the yeah. most controversial was Han Solo's introduction in A New Hope. Yeah, like he's sitting first. there. What exactly? Yeah, so he's. Do you know about this, Matt? Uh, yeah, but like refresh me. So, like Greedo so or something, right? He's sitting with Greedo, this funny looking alien, and they're in the, like the bar, like the den, right? Yeah, the tavern. Yeah, the tavern. The tavern. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I guess Greedo works for Jabba, and, and Han owes him money. So, in the middle, in the original version, Han Solo like basically in the middle of his own sentence shoots Greedo. Yeah. From under the table. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just see this blast. So you're watching Han Solo from Greedo's perspective. So it takes you by surprise. And then George Lucas, because he always said that the original star Wars films were not complete. They didn't, they weren't fully to his vision. Now CGI allows him to do that asshole. But he, so (laughs) he edits the scene to, he basically makes it. So Greedo shot first. And then Han Solo shoots him, which really changes the fans' understanding of what a badass Han Solo was. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, you know, the discussion of like, well, does this piece of art, does Star Wars belong to George Lucas or does it belong to the people? And the fans seem to think, no, how dare you change this? It doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to us. Yeah. And then others would say, well, it is his creation. He can do with it whatever. Yeah. But it's want. like
3: once it's released and once it becomes like a collective experience, is it still the property of the originator or whatnot? Right. It'd be like... um,
2: I don't know. I mean, almost like a yeah, a novelist now just like changing yeah, a chapter in that, a book. That's exactly what I was
3: thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like Mark Twain at the end of his life. Like, yeah, I didn't really <laughs> like uh, how Huck Finn ended. So I'm uh, just going to change this. Yeah. A, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it was never meant to be Huck Finn. It was always Tom Sawyer. So we're just going <laughs> to yeah. change it to Tom. <laughs> or uh,
1: what's her? Harper Lee just released that book. Yeah. That's, go Set a
3: Watchman. Know.
1: Yeah, and people, you know, Atticus, I, I haven't read it, yeah. um, but what I heard is that Atticus is basically racist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, later years, which people have a problem with.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fascinating discussion. I think we at General Snobbery would argue toward the, the preservation of the original, the, yeah, the non-tampering. Think,
2: yeah, let that let that be enough to form some sort of theory or some sort of criticism or way of understanding and of course in doing that like you can't just like make stuff up like you know at the when we were in high school and this teacher introduced us to this idea of interpretation i think we all wanted like the right answer right and it's not so much about there being a right answer but it's also not the opposite where you can just say whatever you want about anything yeah like, you have to have like a like a way of understanding and like you have to prove it that like well this is significant because this this and this and therefore because of these you can plausibly say that this yeah you know you can't just say
3: absolute and it's not relative it's
2: exactly uh, it's somewhere in between yeah Ooh. it's that great
3: flow of art yeah in between the dualism in between the dualism (laughs) it's maybe that line of the yin yang (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we will never go back and tamper with previous episodes. Everything that General Snobbery has released <laughs> will remain in its original form, including the horrible audio from the first couple episodes.
2: Yeah, we'll never digitally remaster those, George Lucas. We, why? Because we're not fuckers.
3: <laughs> we you care about boy our Ega? fans.
1: <laughs> you should tweet. You should call him whenever you tweeted him, Baby Boy Yeager. <laughs> Baby face Boyega. Don't really infantilize him. <laughs> which you know he'd hate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he would.
2: But he's only like 22, right? Is he? Really? I don't know. Oh. Uh, I
1: thought
3: he was like 40. <laughs> <laughs> he's an eternal Boyega. An eternal Boyega. Yeah. All right. So, listener, we're going to keep tweeting and um, Instagram trolling Boyega, so you can follow us. not because we hate him yeah and not in a yeah. way of like you suck Boyega but like <laughs> no just keep on commenting on his pictures like wow John Boyega this guy looks just like you <laughs> <laughs> That somehow the Instagram photos are not actually John Boyega. Yeah. I'm still not sure whether or not he exists or should exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring wow. it full circle. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Boyega probably hates Rogue One because he's not in it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there was no movie before episode seven. No, any movie. No movies, no movies <laughs> ever.
3: Yeah. History just began recently. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I just can't wait for
2: but Darth Boyega yeah. <laughs> or Boyogo or whatever we. said What earlier. color
1: will his lightsaber be?
2: Ooh, bo- well he's gay, right? So so a rainbow. <laughs> a bo- bo- Boyega. Bo- bo-
1: bo- no, Boyega, he has settled it. He's oh, but he did. He suggested they he, might. Yeah, yeah. well Boyega's
3: so it might not, be but it might Finn be is. a rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> Finn is gay. Boyega can't accept that. If
1: John he's Boyega gay, right? ends up playing a gay character i'm gonna be very mad (laughs) unless he himself is gay and i don't believe that he is (laughs) i don't want to see what john boyega's interpretation of a gay person (laughs) yes even
3: if john boyega comes out and says he's gay i'm still not gonna believe that he's gay (laughs) (laughs) it <laughs> could be a calculated move, by, based on some algorithm of the analysts who have created the hologram known as John Boyega. <laughs> but we know that this, since they're relying
2: on getting uh, revenue from Hollywood, or from China <laughs> and from other parts of the world, that they probably won't have an openly gay Boyega. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: But they might have a Darth Boyega. <laughs> yes. Oh man! We need a gay Sith. Yeah. See, that would probably get people mad.
2: Darth Gay oh. is just what they should call him, just so that we know and there's no room for interpretation.
3: Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I will... <laughs> Darth LGBTQ+. <laughs> I will say, though, that my the, my first impression of Darth Vader in Rogue One, when he first appears and he's walking toward the uh, admiral guy with the lisp, he's got... A pretty effeminate walk in that scene. Does he? Yeah, if you look closely, like shimmy? he, <laughs> 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 it looks like a drag queen dressed as Darth Vader. Oh, he's wow. just
1: stamping the runway. Yeah. It is pretty much a runway it, it that is. he's walking.
3: Yeah, to. and it's like if if you watch his legs, it's it's very feminine. I
1: wish he really? um, mm-hmm. started like crawling like a panther. <laughs>
3: Well, he made the other guy crawl like a panther when he choked him. That's true. This little he was literally gagging. (laughs) Wow, this has just got a lot deeper. Yeah, some BDSM going on with Darth Vader, (laughs) right? Yeah, the force using the force for BDSM. (laughs) Really, all along it's been an allegory for BDSM. Screw the whole Christian interpretation. The force is an allegory for the aggressor. Fifty Shades of the Force. May the force be with you.
2: Yeah, this would be one situation where I'd be fine with um, George Lucas going back and making, like, cgi Darth Vader crawling like a panther. Okay, you can go back and do that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But don't make that guy shoot first in the tavern. Yeah. There's just not anything. Unless he's gay.
1: (laughs) That's why it was so strange when jk rowling came out with dumbledore is gay and you know i didn't i didn't really know about it's just weird that she is participating in fan fiction almost it seems but i guess it's okay for i mean she has always said that those characters are so real to her and i can understand that they're her creation Mm -hmm. and so it's just it was weird it's not weird to me that she imagined dumbledore to be gay it's weird to me that she would have imagined dumbledore to be gay and not to have communicated that in some way through the text. Yeah, like Like, ever. That would have been really nice for gay children, Mm -hmm. for everybody. One of the best characters ever.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Also, in terms of the actor, I forget the actor who played Dumbledore, like in the later films. Oh, Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon? Yeah, Michael Gambon. Like, to what degree would she have had a responsibility to tell him? Because he's Mm. essentially making this character come to life for us to see, and yet you... I don't know if she ever did tell him or if it was later that she decided or she had it in her mind all along, but just kind of a question maybe to what degree would she have been responsible to tell him that so that he is at least more aware of the complexities of the character.
1: Right. Like in the film doubt, um, Michael Patrick Shanley, the screenwriter, you know, the movies about uh this priest, whether or not he did or did not molest this um altar boy. And, Mike, Michael Patrick Shanley knows the answer to it, and he told Philip Seymour Hoffman the answer. Oh, I don't know if there actually is an answer, but he told Mike, he told Philip Seymour Hoffman whether or not the priest um, molested the altar boy, so that he could act in that way. Mm. Um, because
2: Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, said, like, right, I need to know, right? That's right. In order to make the character who he actually is, exactly. I need to know.
1: But now he's dead, <laughs> so yes, Michael Patrick, like. Worst, you know? I don't know if that amounts to an answer, though.
3: Mm-hmm. You mean Michael Patrick is dead, or Philip Seymour? I'm sorry, Philip Seymour. Okay. okay, I was
1: describing that really confusingly because I just realized the only way I can explain this fully is to spoil the whole movie, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't know if I should. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They weren't
2: ready. They were ready for the spoilers in Rogue One, but not Rogue. for yeah. At the beginning of we Warning, there are doubt spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours into this podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: We brought this to explosion. I think
2: I think we've brought this one to explosion, and this yeah. one this one is being toward explosion, but in a very different way from uh something like a, a Marvel film.
3: Yeah, hmm.
2: because this one is also being toward emotion. Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: and being toward hope. And quite being literally. toward hope. Yeah, and being toward Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Without this, there's no Boyega. <laughs> I'd rather not be.
1: <laughs> Biega. <laughs> Is Biega um, basically Dasein? <laughs> Biega. Yeah. Biega. Yeah, I think the that's Dasein the interpretation. Mm.
3: <laughs> well, thanks for uh, coming on, Adam. You've, you've oh. expanded the horizons. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It
1: was fun. Yeah. It's nice to
3: see behind the scenes. I don't know
1: who's listening because I thought I was the listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when the, no one, one's when listening. the
3: one listener becomes the participant in the podcast, you enter an infinite loop. <laughs> you yeah, get into full yeah. BA. <laughs> Malkovichian. Yeah. Uh. I was gonna
2: say like the movie Looper, but that's
3: just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but it is directed by Ryan Johnson, who is directing the next Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, okay. since Disney takes all these directors who have d- done cool independent features, they're like, "You're mine now." Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. They basically uh, Darth uh, BDSM them into the studio.
1: <laughs> a Disney tractor beam.
2: <laughs> Disney's building like a Death Star for like creativity yeah. <laughs> and a, and like a tractor beam for directors who know how to effectively use a quarter of a billion dollars to make something.
1: Right. Can we get the entire cast of memento tractor
3: beamed into here? (laughs) (laughs) Disney is creating a monopoly on human imagination. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're really, they're kind of like the empire actually that they are articulating in the films. Yeah. Right. And they're painting it as this distinct enemy that we can be mad about. And they're making it seem more like they're on the hope side. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, just more propaganda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make us forget that they control everything. <laughs>
2: One of my favorite phrases that I hear, I'd say probably close to once a month, if you talk to people who like movies, is the phrase. Disney is evil. <laughs> yeah. I love that phrase because it's so counterintuitive. Yeah. Especially when you imagine Disney, you imagine the the beauty of like that castle being built, yeah. and you think of like Mickey Mouse yeah, and classic Jimmy
3: cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then Walt. just
2: Disney is evil.
1: I I do love people who hate Disney. Me too. I, I don't really have strong feelings about Disney, but there are people who love Disney, <laughs> yeah. and they kind of scare me. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like people who have their weddings like. You know, being basically (laughs) officiated by, um, like the beast from Beauty and the Beast, like a full costume or something. But, um, then there's people who hate Disney for funny reasons that I love. Like a friend of mine, her mom hates Disney because she thinks that Disney by vilifying Wolves, in So many early Disney movies led to the endangerment of the American wolf in (laughs) Yellowstone. I've heard that before. Yeah, because like people do kind of view wolves as villainous. Yes, and like ranchers, there's a wolf nearby, you're getting shot. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard that from a number of people. Yeah, so that's legit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Disney did that. (laughs) Disney
2: destroyed the American wolf population. (laughs) Disney
1: Death Starred wolves.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Disney's the true Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> so, who's the emperor behind the Death Stars? The true oh, is the yeah. question.
1: Oof. That anti semite Walt Disney, yeah, <laughs> who's still
3: alive, he's being preserved with one of those oxygen tanks that Forrest Whitaker uses. <laughs> right. Yeah. Him and Cal Ripken Jr. Right. <laughs> Wait.
1: Why Cal Ripken Jr. Wait, isn't
3: there like a Oh, Ted nifty. Williams. Oh, is that who's
1: Ted Williams? Wait, are,
3: are you talking about the like cryogenically frozen baseball right. player? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Is <laughs> Chicken Jr. We're alive? Not yeah, he's still alive. Uh, who was it? Ty
2: Cobb. Ty Cobb. Oh, really? I don't know. <laughs> I, would have been, I, I would have been fun if it were Ty Cobb.
1: Jeff Weaver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ty Cobb killed a man when he was like 19. Huh. Yeah. Who's was Ty Cobb? He was a baseball player for the Detroit Tigers in like the early 1900s. He was a badass. Oh, he was really? a badass. Played. There was a movie called Cobb, and Tommy Lee Jones played Ty Cobb. Oh. Hmm. Just, yeah, he doesn't I'm have Cobb. anything
1: to do with the salad? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. There might be a rumor that Ty Cobb
1: invented the Cobb salad oh. after he murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was the director you said is directing the next Star Wars movie?
3: Uh, the guy who directed Looper. His name is uh, Ryan Johnson. And he spells really? it was R-I-A-N.
1: L- R I A N. R. Like like Celtic.
3: Oh, yeah, it could be. Interesting. Huh. And then, of course, it all concludes with Colin Trevor Soriano, director of oh, Jurassic man. World, directing oh, the, yeah. <laughs> episode nine, currently oh untitled.
2: Which I can't <laughs> believe, like, I've been noticing on, like, um, movie news, like, they're getting release dates for these movies that are, like, the sequel to, like, a movie that hasn't even, like, come out yeah.
3: yet.
2: <laughs> it's like, oh, episode
3: 10, release date. Yeah, it's like, all of which are, are I mean, like... owned by Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: they're, I, I remember when the trailer for episode seven came out and everybody was going nuts. It seems like I was, I was so excited for that, but I feel like people were more excited. At least people around me for Jurassic world. It's huh. like, yeah, I want to see that movie, but that movie is going to be terrible. <laughs> it just looked, they showed that pterodactyl scene in the trailer. Yeah. It's like, God. <laughs> well, don't
2: worry. They're making a sequel of that, but at least Malcolm, I almost said Malcolm Gladwell. I meant, uh, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum will be in that. And listener, you would know that if you checked out our website where we now have news and analysis.
3: Mm -hmm. So So generalsnobbery.com has had a facelift in recent days. One might say a face off. Yeah, one might say a face (laughs) off. We would love if you check it out. Got some new content for you that's going to come at you daily. Some of which will be posted on our Instagram at General Snobbery. We, uh, We delight in furthering our connections with you
2: yeah so um once again yeah adam we want to thank you for coming on and bringing your thoughts about uh, rogue one it's uh queer interpretation and the whole film world thank you absolutely that <laughs> is <was> fun yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank wow. you
2: listener yeah, as always, thank you. Tweet at us, yell at us, and you too can be a guest if you simply just have to show us that you kind of like us and tell us a movie. <laughs> <That's> really <laughs> all it takes.
1: <laughs> tell us a movie.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>